Howdy and hello! Welcome to this week's edition of Maximum Volume. It's your host, Max here. We got a lot to talk about and not a lot of time. Just kidding, we have all the time in the world. Are you ready? Just that time. Time. Maximum Volume. So turn up the volume! You're listening to Maximum Volume. Yes, I yelled into the microphone. Apologies to headphone users. It is March Madness time, ladies and gentlemen. It is an exciting one. I know, at least I'm excited. So, if you win your conference tournament, you get an automatic berth. And here are all the teams for the men's side that have their automatic berths. The Liberty, the Flames, won the ASUN conference tournament. They have made the tournament. Moorhead State wins the Ohio Valley tournament. You know, in a, a division that many people were expecting Missouri State to win. Moorhead State's like, nope, we're going to win. So, they did. For the Big South, Winthrop got the victory there. In the Big South, that's been dominated by Winthrop over the past few years. Arch Madness was in full effect for Missouri Valley, as Loyola Chicago would get the victory, if you remember. Loyola had their great... Cinderella story run back in 2018. They are looking to do the same this season. For the Sun Belt Tournament, it was Appalachian State. Did they have a difficult football season? Absolutely, but they would make March Madness for the first time since 2000. For the Southern Conference, it was UNC Greensboro with the victory. Cleveland State wins the Horizon League. For the Northeast Conference, it was Mount St. Mary's. The Colonial Athletic Association, Drexel, makes the tournament for the first time in 25 years. Congratulations to them. I mean, it's been a long time, obviously, 25 years since 1996. The Summit League, Oral Roberts, first time since 2008 that they have made the tournament. West Coast Conference was won by the number one team, the Gonzaga Bulldogs. First undefeated team since 2015's Kentucky to go into March Madness undefeated. I don't know about Gonzaga. They struggled against BYU. I, I'm calling it right now. They're not going to win. No, they're not going to even make the Final Four. There's a, I try not to be a hot take guy, but I, there's, I guess, my hot take. For the American East Conference, Hartford, the Hawks, make their tournament for the very first time. For the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference, it's Norfolk State. The Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference, Iona, under Rick Pitino. As we know, Rick Pitino, former Louisville coach, until he had his whole FBI incident, shaming the school, making them lose their championship from 2013. Well, for the Metro West, it was San Diego State. San Diego State, very good Mountain West school. I said Metro, it's Mountain West. Apologies. To San Diego State, but yeah, I on the ex I would have been more shocked if they didn't make the tournament because the San Diego State team kind of good, not only eight good, but I can see them possibly making the Sweet Sixteen, depending on who they draw. For Southwestern Athletic Conference, it was Texas Southern. For the Big Twelve, hey, speaking of Texas, let's just go to normal Texas. The Lockhorns win the Big 12. For the Big East, you would expect me to say Villanova. Villanova loses early. And Georgetown gets the victory. 
For the MAC Conference, it was Ohio. The Bobcats make the tournament for the first time since 2012. Big Sky Tournament was won by Eastern Washington. Georgia Tech miraculously wins the ACC tournament after both Virginia and North Carolina. No, not North Carolina. Duke out of the tournament, as was Virginia. And just all the chaos of the ACC tournament, Georgia Tech comes out on top. The Conference USA, it was North Texas winning. First time they get to make March Madness since 2010. For the Southland Conference, it was Abilene Christian. And for the Western Athletic Conference, Grand Canyon University makes the tournament for the very first time. You know, usually that's New Mexico State that represents the Western Athletic Conference. Grand Canyon's like, nope, we're going to win. So they did. Oregon State shockingly wins the Pac-12 in a, I'd say, underwhelming Pac-12. It's mostly expected to be either Oregon or USC. And the CBS had their little bracket prediction thing, and the worst bracket I had was the Big East. My second worst bracket prediction, it went to the Pac-12. For the Big West tournament, it was UC Santa Barbara. And for the Patriot League, it's Colgate. Uh, that's who all the experts had. So, unsurprising that they would win. For the SEC, it was Alabama. Who had that coming preseason? Surely it wasn't me. Then for the Atlantic 10 Conference, it's St. Bonaventure. They would beat VCU. By the way, VCU someone who deserves to be in the tournament. I'm calling it right now. They do. We still have the American Athletic Conference Championship and the Big Ten Conference Championship for the AAC, it is Cincinnati versus Houston. For the Big Ten, it's Ohio State, the Ohio State University, taking on the Illinois Fighting Illini. Well, for the women's conference champions, it's a little bit different results. The Ohio Valley Conference goes to Belmont. The ACC goes to NC State. The Southern Conference goes to Mercer. SEC is won by South Carolina. Stanford wins the Pac-12. Unsurprising, they've been dominant. Uh, really the only, I'd say, maybe good team in the Pac-12. I mean, maybe UCLA's good this year. I know UCLA did beat them, but uh, they're, a little, they're a little bit more competitive Pac-12 than uh, the men's Pac-12. The Sunbelt Conference won by Troy, the Trojans. The Big East won by UConn. Unsurprising, UConn dominance. Expect them to be a Final Four team. Wright State, they would beat. IUPUI to win the Horizon League. South Dakota wins the Summit Conference. The West Coast Conference goes to Gonzaga. For the Mountain West, it is Wyoming. They make the tournament for the first time since 2008. The AAC Conference is South Florida, USF. Big Sky goes to Idaho State. For the American East, it is Stony Brook, their first ever appearance. For the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference, it's Marist getting the tournament. I didn't really even expect them to win that. Uh, the M-A-A-C. The M-A-A-C. Because it's two A's. I tried to make a joke, and it fell flat. The actual MAC, Mid-American Conference, was won by Central Michigan. Maryland wins the Big Ten. Southwestern Athletic Conference goes to Jackson State. The Mid-Eastern goes to North Carolina A&T. The Western Athletic Conference goes to Utah Valley. They make the tournament for the first time. 
Drexel wins the Colonial Tournament. Second time ever being in March Madness. First time since 2009. Conference USA went to Middle Tennessee. UC Davis wins the Big West. VCU wins the Atlantic 10. Baylor wins the Big 12. The Northeast Conference goes to Mount St. Mary's. Southland is won by Stephen F. Austin. And Florida Gulf Coast University wins the A-Sun. Just like the men's side, two spots remain for the women's. It's the Missouri Valley Conference of Drake versus Bradley. Not in Arch Madness. They're somewhere else. Then Patriot League, Lehigh, Boston University. Two more automatic spots remain. They will have their drawing happen on Monday the 15th. Men get it on Sunday the 14th. So we talked about this earlier, but Duke, Virginia... Both had to leave their conference tournaments due to positive COVID tests. So did Kansas. Had to forfeit their matchup. So, Duke, Virginia, Kansas all had to forfeit their conference tournament games due to positive tests. However, all three have been confirmed to be able to still play in March Madness if they are chosen. I don't think Duke should make March Madness. I really don't. Just in a very competitive ACC this year, Duke shouldn't make it. It's true. Now we move to NFL free agency. What a great transition there. We have Tom Brady, by the way, signed a four-year extension with the Buccaneers. However, if he wants to retire after next season, he can. That is in the contract agreement. So he at least has to play through 2022. Well, someone who signed a one-year deal... With his former team was Cam Newton. He will stay with the Patriots. The big news, at least in Texas, Dak Prescott signed a four-year, $160 million deal to stay with the Cowboys. I saw some stat that was basically saying that in his one contract, he's being paid more than Tony Romo. I don't have to fact check exactly, but it's true. And also, Saw another one that said maybe that it was more expensive to pay Dak than it was to originally uh, purchase the Cowboys at the time. So, Dak Prescott, second highest contract in the league. So, hey, good for him. Texans, they signed a one-year, $3 million deal with Ravens running back Mark Ingram. Now the franchise tags, three major ones you need to know. Chris Godwin for the Buccaneers has been franchise tagged. As is Allen Robinson with the Bears, meaning he is still stuck in Chicago. Very talented wide receiver, but uh, his talents aren't being really known well just because, well, he's in Chicago and who wants to watch Chicago Bears? Then Leonard Williams of the New York Giants was also franchise tagged. Two players that you need to know that were released include Emmanuel Sanders of the Saints, Malcolm Butler of the Titans. I can see both of those players being... Uh, some impact players on wherever they go next. The NBA had the All-Star Game on March 7th. All of it's happening at State Farm Arena in Atlanta all in one day. Usually it's a uh, full weekend event. And it was originally supposed to be like that in the greatest city in the world, Indianapolis, Indiana. But it wouldn't happen. They did have Pacers-inspired jerseys, though, with the... Uh, Blue and yellow jerseys, and then also the little, uh, I call it the Pacers circle, where the number was. Speaking of the Pacers, wearing his uh, Pacers-inspired All-Star jersey 
plus Demontis Sabonis during the skills challenge. He would beat Nikola Vucevic in the final round to win the skills challenge. And, you know, he made it to the finals last year, losing to Bam Adebayo. So, congratulations to Demontis getting a skills challenge victory. But for the three-point contest, it was Steph Curry in his second, only his second three-point contest. That seems shocking. He should have been in a lot more. He scored 28 points to beat Mike Conley's 27 points and win the whole thing. The dunk contest was at halftime and included Cassius Stanley of the Pacers, Anthony Simmons of the Trailblazers, and Obi Toppin of the Knicks. I it's I, it's actually Simons. I don't. Someone on ESPN said Simmons, and I don't know if it's Simons or Simmons. So we're just gonna call him Simons, because that's what the pa- Trailblazers posted. Again, it's ESPN. Sometimes they're wrong, you know. And if I was wrong, I'll admit it. One thing I've been horrible at for years is name. So anyway, Anthony, he beat Obi Toppin of the Knicks in the final round to win the dunk contest. This year's final was determined only not by a score, but rather you just say a name. So the judges said name. They were like, oh, we want Anthony to win. Oh, no, I want Obi to win. They had only one dunk attempt in the very end. Whichever one they felt was better, they would say. Three to two was the final score. Now, the main event. The All-Star Game. Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons were unable to play due to their barber testing positive for COVID-19, which was disappointing if you were a 76er fan. This game had no defense and a whole lot of crazy shots. We had basically almost a uh, logo dame again, uh, just shooting from about the logo, as did Steph Curry near the very end. At halftime, your final score, 170 to 150 with Team LeBron beating Team KD. Giannis was the MVP after he went 16 for 16 and scored 35 points. Well, we had the All-Star break. Now we have the current NBA standings, and the aforementioned Philadelphia 76ers are in first place. Brooklyn, the Nets, now with Blake Griffin, are in second. Milwaukee's in third. Miami, the Heat, are in fourth. Celtics are in 5th, Hornets 6th, the Knicks, who are usually a bottom of the East team, they're in 7th, with a 3-game, with a 1-game, excuse me, winning streak, a 4-game winning streak, it is the Atlanta Hawks, they are in 8th, Pacers, half a game behind them in ninth. Toronto is in 10th, Chicago 11th, Cleveland, who started the season very well, has not started the season very well since then, they are in 12th. The Wizards are in 13th. Magic all the way down to 14th. And Detroit is in 15th. And for the Western Conference, it's the Utah Jazz. 28-9. and The Jazz are very good. They're in first. Phoenix, the Suns, second. They're on top of the Lakers and the Clippers. Lakers third, Clippers fourth. Portland Trailblazers are in fifth. The Nuggets are in sixth. The Spurs, who missed the playoffs for the first time, in over 20 years last season, they're in 7th. Mavericks are in 8th. The Warriors are in ninth due to having a 4-game losing streak. Grizzlies are in 10th. Pelicans 11th. Oklahoma City Thunder 12th. Sacramento 13th. Houston 14th. With their 15-game losing streak. 
And Minnesota is in 15th with only eight wins. So, interesting NBA so far. Different, really, NBA thus far through the season. So, I'm excited for the playoffs. Really am. Now we have the combat news of the week. Ding, 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 ding. And uh, UFC 259 happened at the UFC Apex. We had Amanda Nunes retaining her women's featherweight title against Megan Anderson. And Jan Bohovic winning the light heavyweight title, beating Israel Adesanya in the main event. But that's not what people are talking about. They're talking about Piotr Jan versus Alhamain Sterling. When in the fourth round during the fight, Piotr was disqualified due to an illegal knee strike to the head region of the very talented Alhamain. Uh, this was due to him being considered grounded because he was trying to get up. And uh, Piotr still knee-striked him, so Piotr was disqualified, meaning Alhamain Sterling now wins the bantamweight title. After Alhamain was presented the belt, he tossed it to the ground, and he later told the media this was because that's not the way he wanted to win a title. I would expect a rematch in a few months. Ladies and gentlemen, there you go. Thank you so very much for listening to this week's edition, Maximum Volume. Hey, share this with your friends, or in the very least, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, YouTube, Good Pods, Overcast, Radio Public, and Spotify. Twitter, at MaxGSports. We're going to have a website soon. Email is at MaximumVolumePodcast at gmail.com. All this will be linked in the description. And oh, by the way, oh, by the way, we moved uh, where this podcast kind of comes from. So you might, if you miss this podcast on your normal websites, that's because, well, we moved it somewhere else. So I apologize. I really hope you didn't lose it. One thing I do hope is you stay safe. You know, it's been a year since the world shut down. March 13th, Friday the 13th, was the day when the world officially shut down for me. Uh, The NBA shut down the 11th. By the 12th, it seemed all sports were down. And by that Saturday the 14th, everything in 72 hours was shut down. Greg Rakestraw went on to a podcast that I listened to called Small Town Sports Talk, SG Squared, and he basically said, we went from uh, 60 to 0, just like that. I I tried to snap, and I don't think you heard it, and also, I failed at snapping, because I'm not talented enough. So guys, told you it's been a year, stay safe, wash your hands, social distance, mask up, we will get through this, I believe in us. Thank you so much, we will see you next week.